Hello, mate. What do you mean you're, you're not here tonight? What, you told us about it already? I don't, I don't believe you, mate. We've known since November. That's an absolute joke, Fifey. Come on, where's your commitment on that? Hold on, let me have a look. Let me see who's around. Let me just get my spreadsheet up. Uh, we've got Ant and Deck. No, they're not available at the moment. Tim Lovejoy, he's a bit past it, isn't he? Uh, Piers, Arsenal fan, and a bit controversial even for us. Um, Craig, on strike, I heard. Um, let's have a look. Rich only ever does guest shows, really. Nick's probably drunk. Um, that just leaves me, I guess, no real experience. So it might as well be me, mate. So I will run the show tonight. Don't you worry, mate. I've got this. Um, here we go. Take my hands. Take my whole life too. But I can't help falling in love with you. mute i'm on mute see i was just testing the guys down in the waiting room to make sure that they realized i wasn't on mute um hello again guys um five feet is on a date tonight i think or something he's doing something with matt elliott from oxford united i believe um so i am your host tonight um we've got a packed panel we've got a lot to discuss we've got a special guest um all sorts to discuss but first let's introduce the panel here we go um seconded to twitter duties tonight we're going to say hello to craig how you doing sir yeah, evening, Woody. I'm I'm great, mate. Especially after seeing your spreadsheet there, that 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 was a one hell of an effort. Mate. It, it, it was all going really well in, in, until um, until you forgot to take it off. But yeah, I it's uh... it off mute. I think I did that the last time after the credits as well. So it's uh, <laughs> I, it's fine. It's I, fine. It's it's e it's easily done. I, I I think the last time I presented, I forgot to take myself off mute as well. So it just goes to show that we're the amateurs and Fife is the pro. I think. Oh, yeah, 100%. There's a reason he's paid the megabucks. Um, yeah. Introducing next, he's got more podcasts um, than Matt Hancock has dodgy WhatsApp messages. Hello, Ben. Easy. How you doing, boys? How's it going? Not too bad, Ben. You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. Looking forward to another good show. Good debate. Lots to talk about. What better way to spend a Friday night? And five exactly. years like though. That's a bit one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I reckon there's a rumour starting there. Um, we might as well lose Fifey as well. We seem to be losing everything else Swindon-related. Yes, uh, but one thing we're not going to see lose is FRI's very own Johnny Williams. Hi, Joe. <laughs> Hi, mate. How's it going? Not too bad. You're right. Well, I was all right, and then I realised uh, how far down the pecking order around because I wasn't even on your spreadsheet. So <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't either. I wasn't either. There we go. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Jesus. To be fair, <laughs> half of our players probably aren't on Sandro's. Um, so, you know, I had to keep it with consistency. Never mind. Um, Ant and Deck have got nothing on Ben and Joe. So don't worry about that side of it. Um, and, of course, I did mention in the thing that he might be a little bit drunk because I know he has had a bottle of wine tonight. But let's say hello to the ladies' favourite, Nick. How are you doing? Yeah, hiya, Woody. Sadly, <clears throat> um, you've got it spot on. I did say to myself... I wasn't going to drink tonight because I've got a train journey tomorrow, meeting up with Joe and Rich. 
But sadly, I have had a bottle of wine, but all's good with the world. And we're on tonight, so what could be better? Exactly that, exactly that. Um, I'm going to put an apology out straight away to the uh, audience because um, I've got an audio issue tonight. So every time I'm not looking at the screen, and those who watch regularly know I don't stream very regularly, um, I lose my audio. So I'm sure Craig will give me a, a nudge or take over if it goes really bad and I go on one of my little rants. Um, but first of all, we have got a special guest on tonight, gents. Um, straight from the, um, well, Low Down podcast, I guess we should pronounce it, but it's about L.O. Down podcast. I'm just going to say hi to Julian. How are you doing, Julian? Good evening, chaps. Uh, it's great to be back. It's, look at the U5 here. Is this your back five for tomorrow afternoon? It's more likely to keep a clean sheet anyway, Julian. Let's be honest. <laughs> Julian, you must be licking from our Twitter today. Just the hashtag STC. Absolutely licking your lips for tomorrow. It's bang on for a, for, for a two, two new win for you then, isn't it, really? You, you turn up at East, <laughs> East London with no defenders and we can't score for Toffee and then you go and bang a couple. But oh, listen, it'll be a good game. You're a good bunch of lads and we really enjoy you coming down to E10. Thank you. Brilliant. And, and obviously, um, and thanks. I know, I think you have been on before from, from memory, but obviously we've probably doubled in viewers since then. Um, if you wouldn't mind, give us a little bit of a, a lowdown, if you excuse the pun, on, on, on your podcast and how long it's been going for, etc. Wow. You're very good. You're very good. I did like the intro, by the way. You sort of <laughs> wrote some ideas down for our own podcast. Right. So we we um, we started many moons ago as a podcast, or, or not a podcast, but a radio station on Love Sport Radio. I've uh, been in love sport for a couple of years and, and they disbanded and we were stood there saying this was quite good. So we needed a podcast. Um, we're nearly to our hundredth uh, podcast in a couple of weeks time, which is really, really proud of that. Um, but we've done a lot of other recordings outside the actual initial, initial podcast. So we would say with the alternative, there's a couple of podcasts already got. Uh, we would say we're a little bit different. We don't always pay the straight back, but we're really proud yesterday that we get the chance to speak to the super Richie Wellens and interviewed him for the podcast. And um, comes across as very good as usual, very confident. And um, we're, we're looking forward to him uh, embracing you guys when you turn up tomorrow to E10 because he ain't a bad chap and you weren't a bad um, bunch of fans when you was at your place. Mm. No, that's great. And that, that brings me quite nicely on to kind of the subject obviously we're all aware of Richie Wellens um um I'm sure the last time you were on um we never would have probably realistically predicted that you guys are almost running away with the league how, how are you finding the season and and Wellens ball as such do you think that Wellens ball that you might have seen when you were playing against Swindon is what you're seeing at Leighton Orient it's a, it's a strange one we we, we in East, East London uh even now sort of um a few points clear of the people around us still think we're going to bloody not go up. So that's typical Orient. <laughs> but but it, it's, it's great to watch, actually. I think I think Wellens come in last year and he set his stall out. He's got us out of trouble. Uh, very similar to probably you, really, didn't he? He got you out of trouble or just kept you ticking over. Mm. Season two, motors. Yes, we had a little blip around sort of back end of last year into Christmas where we couldn't sort of grab a win. We were, we were looking a bit sort of average, if I'm honest. But... Guess what? Richie said he's going to turn it around. He turned it around, and we and we are playing good football. And I'm confident that um, it will get us over the line, whether that's in sort of first position or or in the top three, whichever doesn't really matter. And um, my my only concern, and I've said this on our podcast, and I've said it to sort of fans as well, is that um, 
this I don't want to happen to us what's happened to you. Don't take that sideways that he gets us promoted, then then leaves the door. Um, I've spoken to a few people who, who's in the sort of the football community, um, ex-managers and managers, and um, that they all got a, a variety of opinion. And I think Richie would would do what's right for Richie. And guess what? If he does come up and get gets a job in the championship after getting us promoted, yeah, good luck to him. But really, I'd like to see him to do, the, to do at least two years with us, see what he could do in League One with the team that he's taken up. Because the team we're playing now and the way of football we're playing now, it's Richie Willen's style, right? So it'd be great for him to take us up and see. And as we all know, you, when you get that promotion, you get that kick on. Some teams really kick on and go for it. And some yeah. teams um, like Forest Green don't. So um, we <laughs> hope we. Uh, I, I threw that because I know you guys don't like Forest Green either. So um, I, I, I really hope he sticks around. Football is good, by the way, and um, hopefully it'll be good for you guys to watch tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, and I think many of the lads will probably voice kind of around what Wellens can bring. And I think the one criticism I would say about him is that. You know, he is very well proven at League Two. He's obviously proven it with you guys. He proved it with us. Um, it almost feels like he almost owes his own career, I guess, uh, a chance in League One, if that makes sense, with a, with hopefully a relatively decent budget and a decent squad. Um, obviously, looking at your squad, uh, I'll ask you about kind of your danger men who you think Swindon should watch out for. Um You've got a few ex-players from from Swindon. Obviously, Lawrence Vigaru, um, one of my favourites from last season, um, Rob Hunt as well, Jordan Lydon. I don't know if he's actually come out for you yet, <laughs> but um, if he has, then brilliant. Um, and for me, one of the best signings I think you guys have made, you know, arguably in recent times in terms of George Moncur as well. Yeah. Um, what you know, obviously, we're we're speaking as outsiders. You're in, you're in the club, you're in the ground. You, who who are we missing off that? That danger man list. Um, I, th- I think I think it's normally when you talk about danger, you talk about strikers, and you forward thinking players. I think the danger man we got is Lawrence Figueroa. He's been absolutely phenomenal again this season. Um, it was quite funny when we t- we spoke to Richie and Richie. The, I think before he came into Orient, he actually met up with Lawrence at the hotel where he was staying just to say, "Look, let's um, bury the hatchet." I think they didn't have a great relationship at your place, no. and I think he helped um, uh, Lawrence uh, move on. Uh, but Lawrence has been phenomenal. It's been, I think, the change in Lawrence is become a family man. He's a little bit more settled. All those things, are, as we know, in our own working lives, isn't it? You know, if you feel good, all, all things around you are, are great. Work's great. Family's great. Everything's great. So I think for him, that's good. Dangerman, um, we, we've. It's really weird, you know. You've got, you've got Theo Archibald, who, who's been um, uh, seven to eight every game this season. Another good player, Paul Smyver, you know about. Um, he's gone off. He's gone off. He's gone off the ball a bit, Paul. Uh, I, I, we all feel that his head was turned in, in the window, and um, or he didn't let him go. But then he got injured again, so that's that's another unfortunate, unfortunate for Paul. But I think that's his career to date, isn't it? He, he, he plays a run of games and he gets injured for a run of games. But the player you did mention, and he hasn't played a load really, but George Moncur, yeah, mm. um, too good for Leighton Orient, too good for League, League, League Two. Um, he's technically the one of the best players I've ever seen. I have the privilege, I don't know if I've told you guys, I'm a director of Haverford West County down in the Welsh Premier. So um, our, our manager is a guy called Tony Pennock. Tony Pennock, um, was a assistant manager and coach over at Hull, and he said in five to five to five, sorry five aside short short um, games, 
George Munkoya up at Hull City was the best player by a country mile. And you can see that. Problem is, it's been a bit unfit. He's had, had a little of this, a little bit of that. He's a... He keeps rubbing his belly for some reason. I don't know what that means, but hey, I think he's. Um, I think there's been some notes about him putting a bit of timber on. Um, <laughs> but mate, he's a great player. And then you, you go back to Rob Hunt. Rob Hunt's played okay, but um, he's been sort of kept out the side in more recent weeks. Yes, he had a little bit of an injury, uh, but we, he's been kept out the side. Um, and uh, Lydon, uh, I think for we've, we've seen him once, and he's got some great qualities. But um, sadly, we we haven't seen him. For a couple of weeks, so not even on the bench. So I take that he probably has a another injury, unfortunately. Yeah. You know yourself, he's he's been riddled with that, and we we do wish him because actually, you, you, when we've seen him play, he was up at Tramia, although we lost, he looked a class above the rest of the players as well. His quality in that yeah. midfield. So didn't again, he, if we didn't, if, he, didn't he come on as a few guys against Warsaw as well? So I think I caught that that game, and he, he played yeah, quite so, well so for like Yeah, he's, he's a very good player. A, a Tramir in there. I, I just, I, I think he's a good leader as well. He, he's very vocal in the middle, um, very calm. Um, so hopefully, um, um, Richie's not a fool. He knows that what's come from the background of him with his injury, and um, we've only got him in a short term uh, until the end of the season. And hopefully, he proves his worth. And because if he can keep fit, he seems a very good good signing. Yeah, great asset. I'm, I'm I'm always going back to George Moncara a little bit. I'm, all, I'm always quite envious looking at that he signed up for you guys. I, I always thought he was destined to play for us because obviously his dad is, is he's seen as a legend out here, and he's actually from Swindon himself. He was born in the area um, when uh, when his dad played for Swindon, and um, yeah, he he's just the sort of player that would replace Jack Payne. I was just gutted <laughs> that we didn't go in ourselves and didn't get him. But yeah, so he, he so, so the uh, Sandro spreadsheet. Yeah, so, so just to let you give you feedback, so his family's in, in and around um, uh, Essex, so Loughton area. Um, he wanted to come back here. He's, he's got a business with his brother and his dad, a car business. And I think mm. he just wanted to be a little bit closer to to, to where his, most of his family are. Orient is a good good hub for him. It's a, a club he knows. His brother played there and his, his old man played in West Ham. So it's, the area is well known to the family. Um, and I think it's um, done well to come back here. He's got a long contract as well. So mm -hmm. there was some, some some numbers numbers done there right for him, uh, and, and we do wish him all the best, and really hope that actually as the season sort of comes to a crescendo, um, he plays a little bit more because I do think he'll be the big difference for us going into the the next twelve games. And it'll be useful as well in League One when you do get there, and it's not an if, it's when um, that he's had that experience at a higher level, and it's less less rough and tumble. In the divisions, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ronnie Williams would probably be a better player in League One than he is in League Two because he won't be kicked around as much as he, he is now. And I bet George Wonker gets a lot of a, a shooing basically every game every time he gets near the ball. I, 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 he doesn't get shooing, but what what he does get is actually um, he does get himself out of trouble. He's quite physical. He's quite strong himself. Um, but you're right. There, there, there's there's a lot more. I, I think the games. His flow, the flow again with him would be better in League Two because yeah. um, he, he's not, he, he feels he can have a bit of a break and not feel someone's going to come in and clatter him. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I, I, I look forward to seeing him he in, be in League Two. Mm. Yeah, but, but listen, guys, we were in the same position you and, and you and you know how we're feeling at the moment. You, you, you don't believe it. You, although you're doing well, you're right up there. You just think there's something's going to come along and cut your legs away. So, we, we won't sort of count sort of the chickens until the actual points are true. Um, but it's been it has been enjoyable. It has been enjoyable, and um, uh, to a degree that 
we we I, I think I spoke to you guys about this before, but if I haven't, I, I apologise. When when uh, Rishi came in, um, there were some similar traits to a great man who used to manage Orient, Justin Edinburgh, mm. and those traits traits have remained. So he's got fans on side. So yeah. we've got the biggest gates we've had for years, um, which similar to you guys when he was in charge, you've got good gates. You know, you've got people coming wanting to watch the football. Um, he get he, he actually sort of gets the the fans on side, but also says, come on, guys, you've got to do your bit. Justin did exactly the same thing. And I remember when we were getting close to that National League um, um, championship, we had about two or three games to go. And it was going to be, look, we, we weren't smashing teams in. It was draw or nicking a goal. And Justin come out and just said to the fans, just calm down. I've got control of this. I'll get you over the line. And he did. And, and we feel that sense, that same thing with Richie going, just... Just turn up, pay your money, eat your burger, have your pint, you know, cheer the boys on, we'll do the rest. And um I think I think that's a yes, a bit cocky as well, but it's a great attitude to have from your from your manager. Yeah, no, you need it. So Rich, Rich is exactly the same with us. He got the fans going. We've not had an atmosphere at the counter ground since he's gone, like a proper regular one. Um and he it and like the football he plays, the sort of high intense, high octane high press football, it's just entertaining and there's goals in it. Then there's goals not by one or two players, it comes from all around the park. So if you are missing a, a, a couple of players, it, it doesn't matter because there's always goals. Absolutely. Um, right, wait, 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 sorry, so jump in there. You talk about who to look out for. We, we, we're, not, we're not counting any of our strikers, you know, because they're not scoring goals. It, it's other players around the pitch. Hmm. And, and that's been a big difference because as, as, you, as you guys know, in League Two, it's normally sort of from the defence, cut out the midfield, get that big lead up top, hopefully, and knock it down to the small lead next to him and someone will score. We don't have that. And, and we haven't had that for most of the season. So our, our, our strikers as such, those on the books as strikers, have scored a couple of goals, but not scored bundles. It's come from a, right across the pitch. And I guess that's always, like Ben said, we had that a little bit when, when he was here. And I think many Swindon fans are just a bit gutted that that season come to an end, especially losing to Forest Green and being, being the last, last <laughs> game before we all went into lockdown. Um, so you you mentioned there about attendances, and it's something that I'm um, not necessarily passionate about, but something that I'm, I do talk about quite a lot about is that talk of if you're putting the performance on the pitch, the attendances will come. We've been quite fortunate at Swindon. I think we've had you know between eight and ten thousand for for most games. Um, when did you really start to see kind of an increase at, at Orient in terms of was it like was it the Wellens effect straight away or did you until you started really running away at the top of the league? I think you went loads of games unbeaten. Yeah, when... no, I, I think it was just the start of this season. So I think the belief what what happened last year and where he got us ticking over, city stalled out, got in early pre-season. And, and I think very early on, you know, starting getting to 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 fans to the ground. Um the bit for Orient now is that we've gone we've been quite commercial, quite strong commercially, so sort of Sort of kids for a fiver, all that sort of stuff, and getting getting fans in a little bit earlier. Um, but no, it's been good. And and and, and as you know, guys, right? You, you we we we're in lower league football, and you're quite well known. We're quite well known, but we're probably only quite well known in our own little sphere. So yeah. we go and talk to our our, our, our our lovely friends in the Premiership, and they probably don't really know much about Swindon or Lauren or the history that's behind it. But at the moment, but what we're getting there, we're getting fans going, you know what? My team's away. Spurs are away. I'll go and watch Orient or or, or West Ham's away. <laughs> um, we'll go and watch Orient. So we, we get, we're get we getting that proximity to, to, to you guys, you know, where 
other teams are going, you know what, I might, my team's away this week and I'm going to go and watch Swindon Town. It's, it's, it's a nice ground. They're playing lovely football. So, and, and they're winning games. It's quite enjoyable. So, um, long may that continue. And um, yeah, it has, I think it has made a part as well. And, and um, the other good thing, probably you found it as well, uh, when you're doing well, you get a, a bigger contingent going away. And that, that's yeah. been quite noticeable. We we get the um, the moaners on uh, the the way travels where the ones who do every away game and where it's at the local ones like Stevenage or Crawley or something like that where everyone turns up they're moaning about sort of the the hangers on turning up but it's good it's great and and long may that continue as well because I, I think I think it, it just brings us together the Richie Richie effect is very similar to that Justin effect bringing us all together we feel like we're our one unit we're not fighting upstairs. We're not moaning about the players. We're all together in this to hopefully to get the overload line. Yeah. yeah, Brilliant. And um, and what kind of crowd are you expecting tomorrow? Obviously, I know we're going up. I think it's about a thousand, I think. Um, we sold out. We, 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 yeah, we sold out. Good. Are you expecting a big crowd yourselves tomorrow? Um, you boys sold out many years ago. Well, hey, um, well, yeah, it's so glad it, you're it, coming towards the end. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm here all night, I'm here till you finish, mate. So, um, I've got loads of stuff on Swindon. No, but um, we, we, we're probably going to get a good turnout. Um, uh, when we say the sellout, you know, the number sell out, and then you look around the ground, goes a lot of red seats. Um, so as you know, the count the season ticket holders there are not there. Was a bit a bit of bollocks, excuse me, anyone listening. Um, but I, I think there'll be a good contingent. We will know tomorrow's game is gonna be a tough one. Although we all joked earlier about your back your back line, it doesn't matter. You've got uh, a, a ex a, a, an ex-manager meeting his ex-team in, in a position where he's running away with the league. It's a big game. Yeah, it's gonna be a oh. tough game. Um, it's going to be very energetic from both sides. Jody Morris doesn't need anything more, does he? And say, the geezer we're going to today, he used to be your manager here and he was really good. So let's make it embarrassing for him because he's doing really well over there. He doesn't have to say too much, does he? Because he hasn't had to say much to his, his defence because he hasn't got any, but he can say <laughs> that to the rest, the rest of the side. So, um, yeah, we, I expect bloody Charlie to score as well if he's fit, uh, Sod's Law. Um, but um, you know, it, it'll, it'll be a good day, and you know, it's really weird. And um, I think we as a podcast and you guys have built up a bit of friendship, you know, and absolutely a lot of respect. And um, I re really hope you guys, after tomorrow, go on a really good run, get yourself in the playoffs. And, and if you do, you'll definitely be um, being cheered down from the other end of the M4 from Leighton because we'd like to see you come up with us into, into League One. J Julian, did you, I don't know if you heard Jody Morris's press conference. In how much he was bigging your team up in the best football inside in the league, and how much he enjoys watching you, and uh, you know what a great job Wellens has done. Um, you know, what, what's your views on that? Because uh, yeah, mine is he was saying to our players, look, we've got a hell of a battle on here, and I'll I'll, I'll tell them one thing in the press conference, but he's going to be saying total opposite to our players before they go out on that pitch. Uh, um, if, if he's saying uh, Orient a good side and is a big uh, nice, nice compliment, but he's a football manager. Most of them talk out their arse, don't they? So they they say what <laughs> what what they want the press to hear or, or what the 100%. fans to Yeah, so he's probably doing that. And Wellens is going to tell the boys like he's talking out of his arse. He's saying we're the best thing. They're going to come here and give us a go. And what I said earlier, I think that's going to be true. I think they, I think you guys will come and give us a good bash. Yeah, because you've got nothing to lose. You've got absolutely yeah. nothing to lose. 
coming down there. And guess what that will do for your team? You come to Warrior and turn us over in our own backyard. You've got, what, 12 guys, 13 games left. You go in, as I said, get there, get some momentum from beating the tabletoppers. Man, that's that, that's great for him. But hopefully it doesn't quite work. Hopefully it comes back and bites him on the Royal Arts as well. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Uh, yeah, we're making the journey down there. So having a, a lovely train journey across London. So hopefully it'll be a, a pleasant drive. So you got, you got present you, you got, ride back, guys. You got my train. You're gonna you're gonna use the old Elizabeth line, come into a Reading and get the Elizabeth line across, or are you going straight into Paddington and uh, and getting the train? <clears throat> I think we're doing Paddington in there, and I'm not sure what's next. I'll just follow the other guys. Yeah, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Elizabeth line to Elizabeth line to Stratford. One stop on the central line over to Leighton, mate. That's the best way. Sounds next. good. Best, best train line in London. Lizzie line's a new one, isn't it? The Liz- yeah. Absol- absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Got, got rest of their soul. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just, just before, Julian, sorry, Greg. Yeah, no, that's all right. Um, can, can I just ask? Because obviously our ownership issues a couple of seasons ago were quite well known. And obviously, you you've had your issues when when you had Bachetti as um, as your chairman. What's the relationship like at the moment between? Um, you guys, uh, your your fan base, and the the current sort of um, owners, chairman, so so to speak. How's how's that been lately? Yeah, sure. Anything can be any better with with, with old Mad Frank in charge, wouldn't it? So um, our owners now are good, you know. So there's been stability for a number of years since they've come in, and um, Kent and Nigel have got other investors in as well. So it's not just them two putting their hand in the pocket. Um, I I would say when before Richie came in when we had Ross in charge, Joby in charge, and um, when we were doing quite well that season, um, I think that, I think the manager, Nigel Travis, owner, sorry, I think he got a bit carried away with saying, look, we're doing all right, start the season well, we're going to get promoted this year, put a lot of pressure on the team, the players and management. He's been really good this season, kept his gob sharp. Um, uh, same, and, and I don't mean horribly, I love the guy, and I mean, I, we all appreciate what he's done for the club. But I think he's. I, I want him to get to the end of the season when we've done it, and he can say what he likes for how long he likes because he he he's, he deserves that. And I think I think his son is a board member, and I think he's gone dad just to sort of kick the tone down. Um, Kent's been very good. Kent uh, Kent Teague was is the money man behind it. Um, he's he's doing his own businesses, so he's he's not as vocal and around the club as much as he had been in the first couple of years, but still around. Been over to fairly recently. They're good guys, you know, and, and Nigel's an Orient man. And, and that makes such a difference because he actually cares, yeah. but sometimes cares too much. So I think this year he's learned not to care outwardly so much. So, so yeah, they're great. They're great people. The bit, the bit going back to those, those dark and desperate days and you probably how you felt when we looked like we were um, not going to get back in. Uh, sorry. We was going to lose the club, lose the club completely was, was, it wasn't just about the first team. It's about the community thing. It was about the, the the friendship everyone's made. And then we we stepped up and we got into the national we, the national league. And then we we were if we didn't get promoted, we was going to lose our academy. That meant so much wow. to us because um, you look at our first team now. I know he's injured at the moment. Dan Happy come through the academy, um, and you you've got other players in that sort of first team squad that've been through the academy and. That's such a big thing. The same would be the same down at Swindon, and 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 someone that we you know guys know well as well. Not just Richie. You have got Martin Ling, 
Ross Simpson is no longer with the club. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Martin Ling and his because obviously, from my point of view, personal point of view, he's one of my heroes. But it's kind of, I was quite intrigued to see like our biggest issue at the moment. Well, I'd probably argue for most fans is is our technical director or our director of football or spreadsheet master. What what Martin Ling in a very similar position? How kind of hands on is he? And um, if at all now. Yeah, so uh, if you ever look at any of our forums, it's called Ling Out, right? So yeah. it's been Ling Out forever. And I think Martin gets a tough time. Um, and if it wasn't for Martin in the beginning, get get don't forget, when they took over, we didn't have a bank account, didn't have any, any ways of collecting money. We didn't have a first-team squad. Martin assembled the squad that first year, and it did all right. You know, we had a few bumps, but we did okay. Um I think with Martin and the bit that a lot of the fans sort of moan about um, is that you've got a director of football looking, trying to bring players in. Is it the is it the manager's choice? Is it not? We had Kenny Jacket last year. We brought in some players. Everyone goes, oh, they're Martin Ling's players. I eat the shit. And actually, funny enough, it ter- turned out that the one the ones everyone thought was a load of crap who'd left us on loan now. We've we've sold him to Gillingham. Guess where Kenny Jacket is? So it, it, it sort of shows it's not Martin Ling. Um, Martin Ling has his opinion, but we've got a good scouting network. And Rich is very vocal, saying it's a great relationship between him and Martin. So Martin does is, is a, a spreadsheet king. So he, he's looking at players coming in, players that we're going to get rid of. But ultimately, um, he's a legend, man. Um, I, I, I'll go toe-to-toe with any Orient fan and have a debate about it because um, he's done a superb job. Sometimes people overrun their position. And it's probably best to put their put their boots up and do something else. He's not done that yet. I think we've got a couple more years with Martin. Um, and um, what he did, what he did, our place as a player, same as you, when he came in as a manager for you for a short period of time until he fell ill again, managed us, did well. Um, his boy's been through the club. We interviewed him a couple of seasons ago when Sam was still here. And um, I, I saw the first time I saw an emotion for Martin, Martin Lean where... Sam used to get a lot of crap because of, because of who his dad was. And Sam wasn't a bad player. And Martin sort of bit on that emotion. And that's the first time I see him pull his guard down and actually be Mart- probably Martin Ling, the family man, the, the person we don't see. But no, he's, he's a good bloke. And, and we um, absolutely wish, wish, him, wish him well when he's longevity orient. And, and he like Richie. They'll be sitting at home tonight when they with their with their cocoa thinking tomorrow's an important day because it's Swindon, Swindon Orient. Yeah, we had a big day for both from Burton. Yeah, see, Martin is also big known for the man that sent Ox- Oxford down and out the league. Uh, one of your best days, I imagine, probably being an Orient fan and one of the best days of being a non-supporting Swindon fan at the time. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but they still got the press cut and it's a day of tears, they called it. it wonderful. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. They, they still, they, they still love us, Oxford. They still love us. <laughs> Not, <laughs> but yeah. Well, I'm going to give you a little bit of a rest, there, Junior. We're going to come back round to you in a minute for kind of your predictions. Um, I'm going to bring the lads in now, unless any of the other lads, if you've got any questions. But um, Craig, you're on Twitter. Watch. Um, is there anything on Twitter before we go through our uh, predictions? Yeah, um, we've got one from Paddy, who's our regular contributor, as, as you guys all know. Uh, good evening, Woody Stir, Craig Stir, Nick Stir, Ben Stir, Joe Stir, and Julian Stir. Um, <laughs> I, I was going to contribute some salubrious. I think that's how I pronounce. I think that was pronounced correctly. He, he's like a wordsmith, Paddy, isn't he? Um, 
I was going to contribute some salubrious opinions and banter tonight, but I then saw someone on Twitter seriously suggest Gavin Gunning could play tomorrow. I'm off to bang my head against a wall. That's... <laughs> now, that's that's the first I've heard of it. I mean, if Gavin Gunning's playing tomorrow, we might, might as well just put, put the house on Orient to win, I think. But there, there yeah, you go. Let's like Gav Gunning's our defensive coach who retired recently, but he'd been given a shirt number just in case at the start of the season. And he's our, yeah. he's our defensive coach as best known for his attack in football. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Because he gave us probably our best he's attack. Gav Gunning, and he's all about forward. He's all about going forward. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's all I've got on that's that's all I've got on Twitter at the moment, mate. Awesome. And I, I know I did I should mention as well, um we saw obviously Joe uh, fashion up here earlier and to probably make sense with her husband saying hello to his oh wrong one hello to his wife from uh, uh over Streamyard. that is because joe is watching in lanzarotti i believe um we are streaming in lanzarotti or lanzagrotti as i like to call it as well so um hello joe um also um fifey did make sure i mentioned i'm not gonna lie i wouldn't have remembered it otherwise it was our very own one show's birthday on wednesday as well so happy birthday um one show um who is now technically two shows um because he's now done two shows um in three years or whatever we've been going for um so lads predictions um we're gonna mix this up because we normally do predictions towards the end but i'm cautious that julian might not want to hang around forever and hear us depressingly talk about um, J.D. Morris's uh, presser and um, our arguments about Sky Football and, and all other things and the sign-ins that we could have had. Um, so the um, we're going to start with you, Joe, because I think you've probably been the quietest. Um, I'm going to flash up your prediction for the lineup. So give us a think of like what made you come through with that lineup and uh, how you think tomorrow is going to go. There's your yeah. lineup. No, I think I think uh, my lineup's probably the same as Jody Morris just pulled out the hat. Um, <laughs> now I think Wakeland played there. I, I've got Wakeland as left wing back. Um, obviously, he played there last week, didn't he? When uh, when Brennan went off, he went into to left wing back, and I, I can see him see him starting there tomorrow with Tomlinson in the back three, um, basically because we have got nothing else. Um, it's just going to be a matter of putting players wherever we can put players and hope for the best, I think. And um, and, and Nick, coming to you now, the way that I would approach tomorrow, um, and obviously, as Julian pointed out, us managers talk shit, um, but the way that I would have um, approached tomorrow is probably not rely on a back defensive to rely really much on what we're doing going forwards and hopefully outscoring the opposition. Um, but... I don't know how we're going to do that when you've decided that uh, Charlie Austin is playing <laughs> sweeper, Glenn Hoddle. Um, he, um, talk us through your lineup, Nick. Well, um, Jody Morris did say that players would be out of their normal positions, and we've probably got nobody else who's decent at heading the ball. So I've put Charlie in the, in the back line, and he's very good at talking to players and marshalling the team and a defence. We have got plenty of forwards. We The two I've put in is Hepburn Murphy in, in Wakelin, but we've also um, got Jepcott, um, Shade and, and others to come in up front. So I don't think the front is a massive issue. So, yeah, so I've, I've, I've just gone sort of left field. Um, to be honest, I can't see it being that side, especially I hate 
five at the back because I don't think it suits us. So he might try something different. Who know, who knows what the hell he's going to put out? Um, uh, like Joe said, it's you know put the names in a hat and drag them out one by one and just stick them in there. So um, yeah, let's let's see what he actually comes out with. Because I just jump in if tomorrow, Nick Charlie Austin's playing sweeper. I will come and find you and buy you as many beers as you want. <laughs> because I'll be kissing myself for 90 minutes because that'll be so funny. It will, <laughs> won't it? it? It'll just be cracking. I mean, I'd, I'd just love it to happen. But in, in all honesty, I can't see it happening. But I just thought I'd throw it in there because it adds a bit to, to the discussion. But say, in fairness, he did say players will be playing out of their normal positions. So I took, I took that as, uh, well, let's throw put Charlie at the back and have somebody who could actually command, control, talk to players and, and organise a defence, which at the moment we haven't got. Yeah, and to be fair, Nick, I think I said off air that um, I genuinely do believe that we probably will see Charlie Austin play some sort of holding midfield role at some point during the season, whether that's when we've gone down to 10 men or um, whether that's, <laughs> or that's quite we, might only be, we might only be out of field 10 men. So, <laughs> you know, I, I really wouldn't be surprised if, if we saw that. Um, in terms of uh, Nigel's comment here, get it forward. Obviously, a few of us have spoken on the pod before about our frustrations at fans shouting, you know, forward, 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 um, and and how irritating it can be. We know that Jody Morris isn't gonna isn't that style of coach anyway, that he's just bump it forward. But if we were to, I would probably say out of the line, two lineups we got left, that um Ben's is probably the most well suited to that. Um Ben, I I I don't feel like I should be saying this, but I almost feel like yours is the most realistic lineup. Um, talk us through the um apart from the fact that they've got we've got a brand new number 18 on the left yeah hand. i know we first game for reese divine but i think we're we're at a point where well, we have to throw his name in and we probably we might play wakelin uh, at left wing back um but um i think wakelin might come on a sub to sort out reese um i agree with with with, with you as well um that i think swindon will go or best way of winning the game or getting anything in the game. If we sit back, we're going to get thrashed. So we're going to have to go at them. Um, we've got, we've, going forward players, we've got, we can come out of our ears in abundance. We've got lots of options. Um, and I, I think we've got lots of creativity there. So and we all know well in Spain that he's going to leave the back door open because he's going to see our weakness. And he says, right, let's kill the game in the first 15, 20 minutes, get two goals up, and then we can control the whole game. That's how Rich is going to play. So he's going to go at this early. So there's going to be the opportunity to counter. There's going to be the opportunity to get goals ourselves. So this could really open up the game as a real humdig. I've gone for three at the back rather than um, than um, the, the normal four, two, three, one, which Morris would like to play because you've got Clayton, our only recognised centre defender, and you've got Tomlinson. I've stuck in there because he's a left wing back, so he knows something about defending, and he's quite. You know, he's going to be the new Blake Tracy. Not built now, so he's going to know a little bit about defending, and he can hold off. And Kaji is only there because he's lanky and he can edible. <laughs> he's quite strong, <laughs> so that you know, he's a central defensive midfielder from Bristol City, but he's going to have to sit there at the back. Um, can, I so, just, can I just jump in there? You talk about sort of trying to push us, turn us around. Have you you not seen how many goals we've conceded? Yeah, he's going to say this. Yeah. You know, yeah, no, no, but you will, you will, you, your best player, you said yourself, is Lawrence Bigaroo. That means he's quite busy. 
at times. So you do leave the back door. Distribu- when you attack. Distribution is a Kevin Austin. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 yeah, so yeah. we'll. We, you, our back line won't, won't, we won't be be flummoxed by any any attack. They're not like a young like a young back line. They're quite mature. Whether we've got a couple of young players in there, they're quite a mature collective. Hmm. I think you're, the bit where you make you could overrun us, where Jody's quite clever, is the midfield. That's hmm. the bit we we always seem that we are see, we always seem like a player short in midfield. So again, because we push on high. You know, so you've got that defensive in midfield. Once at the back line, so if you get busy, in, you guys can get busy in the midfield. I shouldn't be telling you how to win the game, but busy in the midfield, that's where you can <laughs> yeah. turn us round. Absolutely yeah. turn us round. So I don't know about your, I know you've got defensive issues. I don't know how strong yeah. your midfield are. So oh, the, the midfield's all right. I'm quite happy with the midfield. We, we miss yeah. a dominant central defensive midfielder, sort of Anthony Grant type. We, we miss one of them. But we've got good technicians in midfield. We've got players that can hold the ball. We've got players that can spread the ball about. We've got players yeah. that a little bit of bite. So you know, we we've if possession was matches, we'd be top of the league. So you know, mm. we we can keep possession. We can spread it about a bit. I'm not saying we're going to try and dominate you because that's just not going to happen at home. But I mean, it's like we've got players that can create will create opportunities. Um, I remember at Richie, Rich Wells at Swindon, Stephen Bender was one of our best players. Um, uh, who was in, was our goalkeeper at the time? He was absolutely outstanding, and for all the goals that we scored, you know, I, I can remember outstanding blinding saves that Stephen Bender does. Steve, Richie Williams needs a good keeper because he's mm. uber attacking. I don't yeah. know if it's different at Orient because it's a different club and a different set of players, but I know that Vigor was outstanding because um, well, I loved him at Swindon, and I know his distribution is brilliant as well. But I also know that he's got you know he, he wins games on his own with some outstanding stops. Yeah, and I think he will be called upon a few times on Saturday. Um, but I think, um, yeah, I think uh, the busy keeper will be our own, a lot busier. Well, it's just whether we can withstand long periods of uh, orient pressure. With with Vigaru uh, being the, the king of penalties, I think that's written in the stars that Jeff Gott's going to come on, take a penalty. Bigger, he's going to save it, and then Jeff Gott's going to score the uh, the rebound because that seems to be Jeff Gott's speciality when it comes to penalties. <laughs> um, but Craig Wellens' ball, um, open, expansive football doesn't stand a chance in in your formation. Um, you know, we've got eight people that aren't going to leave our side of the, this side of the pitch. Um, so I think you've taken faith in what we've been shouting for in eight, for ages on this podcast about Minturn. Given the fact that we seem to only have Minton and Clayton as fit centre backs, do you do you think he might actually get a look in tomorrow? Probably not, because he doesn't seem keen on him. But I, I just don't see the logic of playing three at the back with only one recognised centre back. Um, I, you know, we I've, I really do think we should play four at the back um, and. <sighs> The, the, the way I say, and we do, we do have to attack. Don't get me wrong; we, we've got no choice because any, anything else is just going to invite Orient on to to to, um, to expose a, a vulnerable defence. But as um, Julian said, we're, we're talking about the the best, uh, the team with the best defensive record in the league. Only twenty one goals conceded, and then the next team is is off at about twenty seven goals conceded, um, eighteen clean sheets this season. 13 of them have been at home and Orient, I, I believe Julian, you've only lost once at home and only drawn a, a few games as well. So yeah. I think they've, they've near enough got maximum points at home. So this isn't, 
we we may score, but I, I I think it's going to be incredibly difficult. Um, if we had a stronger team out, we might be. You know, I, I'd say that a, a draw would be a fantastic result away from home. But in the grander context of us trying to get in the playoffs, we have to win tomorrow. Mm. We can't afford to be dropping points. You know, we, we need to bring our destiny into our own hands again. And um, that won't happen if we drop points tomorrow. But I don't think it matters how much Morris, you know, G's the players up or, or or anything like that. I just don't think we've got the capability on the pitch to get anything tomorrow. Um, um June was saying about the defence. It's um, uh, Beckles, isn't it? This centre back, your centre back pairing of really solid. And um, the other guy, I've forgotten his name. He scored a turn, couple of goals. Turn, turn, so, young lad from Brighton. He came in, yeah, a bit shaky, but now he looks absolute quality. Yeah, um, he he looks one of the best, if if not the best, um, centre back in, in in League Two. So we're talking again about one of the best goalkeepers, best centre back pairings to to get past. All right, yeah, we got Charlie Austin and um, and Johnny Williams, but how many games have we played this season, even under Morris, where we've struggled to create chances? And that's my worry um, for for tomorrow. Um, and and of course, you know, like I said, Orient's record at home is 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 the best as as well. So I think it's just like a like a fake thing that maybe it, you know, we might get something tomorrow more more than any, anything. I will but, say this season, and this it might be a fate, and which is probably asking us to get absolutely tanked tomorrow. We played Mansfield; they hadn't lost for about a year at home, and we turned them over. Uh, yeah, Northampton hadn't lost for months and months and months at home. We turned them over. Yeah. And then we played Salford, who hadn't lost since like October at home recently. We turned them over. Yeah, it's it's, it's a numbers mean, game, it's, isn't it? It's, it's those records are there. Those records um, are there but, to be broken, aren't aren't they? Yeah. But um, I don't think as well that um, with the midfield we've got that we would. I because I, I think your main midfield pairing is two. You you put, you have two in midfield, don't you? And then you've got your attacking players just further up behind yeah. your striker. I don't even think with our three in midfield, if we do play three in midfield, that they would dominate them because they're just not that type of players. If we add yeah. Khan in, then may, maybe that might be a different story. But, but with, without, without him, I, I can't see our midfield dom, dominating yours, which is another reason why I, I, I struggle to see where we could you know, get anything from that. But, you know, who, who knows? We'll, we'll probably have the answer um, to tomorrow. Fair, Darren, da, sorry, Darren Prattley and El Mazzuni back in there. So Darren Prattley's been out for a couple of games. Um, I think he'll be back in for Saturday. And, and, and that's for an old player, he's absolutely quality. Mm. He's up here, you know, and, and that's the bit. And El Mazzuni's an absolute find, you know. And, and if we can get him in from each switch at the end of the season, isn't that be a great sign for Orient as well? Good loan player, great loan player. Um, Sorry, Craig. Craig, obviously, originally you put Vigaru in your in your starting lineup, uh, which made me start to question uh, whether, <laughs> which which year you're actually watching Swindon. Um, I'm also really disappointed yeah. in both Craig and Ben um, because no Jacob Wakelin. Um, so lads, um, it's been nice to see you here tonight. Um, <laughs> you know, you know my feelings when people don't put Wakelin in the team. Um, you know, so uh, I'll see you lot. See you lot later. Um, <laughs> yeah, just re just remember, so I'm presenting next Friday, Woody. So I'll return the favour. Um, and uh, Ben, thank you um, because I was about to say I'm going to be one of those fans that I'm. I sometimes annoy me by going, 
Oh, that's okay because we ended Mansfield's record like five months ago or wherever it was. Um, so thank you for taking that off me. Always me. It's always me. With my stupidly um, chir chirpiness, even in, in the face of disaster. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll talk predictions then. Uh, Julian, we'll come back round to, to you. Um, obviously, we, we can joke, we can banter, we can, you know, all of this kind of stuff. But let's be realistic. What do you think is going to be the outcome tomorrow? Yeah, this was on our pod yesterday. You know, the guys have sort of mixed opinions. And I think a draw is something that we've talk, spoken about. Will it be a disaster if we get a draw against you? Not really. Um, we just don't want Stevenage to, to take our spot. So, again, you got, you've got you still got to place for Stevenage before the end of the season. we got them at home, third class game. Yeah. Absolutely smashing, boys. Absolutely smashing. We love it. I'll, I'll come down with that. I think I'll be having a good day out. Um, but I, I, I think it'll be a two-one orient, and, and I'm not. I'm not doing that to add any pressure or any hatred against you guys because you're a good bunch. But I, I think we'll be just a little bit too much for you. But I think you'll come and do a good job. I don't. I think you guys will get back on the coach, and Joji's message will go to the players. Will be look. You can play like that every week. We've got a chance. And I think you'll do a good job tomorrow because I think the whole the whole day is going to have a big impact. Um, saying that, it'll be a right dimp screen and it'll be nil-nil and we'll all be bored. But um, uh, yeah, I think 2-1 to Orient. And I, I won't. I never say who who I think will score, um, but I just think it'll be a good game. And um, uh, it's a it, it, what's the difficult bit, right? And I think you said earlier, and I can't remember, you know, got BTB. And I, I, what's, what's that mean in English? Yeah. But, hey, but yeah. They're just ben, ben, yeah, ben, yeah, Ben. So, so what Ben said, and that's always typical football, isn't it? You know, I know you've done well at Salford, but that, and we are always, they're always the recipients of someone doing that to us. And we have had a few of those this season, not majorly. But the other thing is just to leave you with, and, and, I, and I'm going to leave you with, we've been saying for weeks now, we're going to absolutely terrorise the team soon. Absolutely terrorise, make people cry in their seats. And I don't I don't want it to be tomorrow, but it could be by the sound of some of the things you're saying today about yeah. defensive. And that's not being, not shedding hurt on you guys, but it's just that, we could do. Yeah, we, we, we owe someone that. And I don't want it to be Swindon, but if it is, I will apologise in advance. Um, Nick, we're going to talk about transfers later. Um, part of me is thinking, have we secretly signed Anthony Grant, who's going to make his other, his 15th debut for Swindon Town <laughs> tomorrow? Because we know that worked out really well for him last time at Leon Orient. What do you think uh, we're looking at tomorrow? Um. <clears throat> Being realistic and putting my um, head rather than heart on the line, I, I think it's a 2-0 defeat. Um, <clears throat> I've sort of predicted their results through the rest of the season. I still think we can make playoffs, although most people don't think we'll do that. Um, tomorrow's a free hit. I expect us to get beat. On my predictions, we'll get beat. And we can still make the playoffs by getting the, the average points that we need to get in there. So we would still be on track, even with a defeat. So, of course, you know, I would love to be there and see us get a horrible, scrappy, shitty 1-0 win. That would be just such joy. Um, but I, I honestly can't see it happening. And I can see it being 2-0 to, to the Orient. And, and Joe, so we've had Craig and Ben not putting Wakelin in the team. So they, they're in my bad books. We've got Nick using my most hated saying in free hit in football. Um, please don't be that person. Give it, don't give me any cliches I hate. Um, Joe, what, what, what do you reckon for tomorrow? Uh, I'm 
I'm concerned with what Julian said. Um, I think they could absolutely tear us a new one tomorrow. Um, I just think, you, you know, we all know in football, it's the hope that kills you, and it? You hope you go to Leighton Orient and we block 50 shots, the keeper has a world and we stick with enough Charlie's backside and we win 1-0. But in reality, we're so depleted. We've got, we've got barely any players. And the players we've got are going to be out of position, massively out of position, not just like slightly out of position. They're all going to be playing in completely different positions to normal. And I genuinely, I could see us getting absolutely mullered 4-5-0 tomorrow. Well, enjoy the game, Joe. Yeah, I'm have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> have a nice day out. Um, I, I have noticed, I know you're on um, Twitter watch, Craig, and I'll come to you for your prediction next, but um, I have noticed come through that Paddy, oh no, I haven't noticed because it's gone off. Nope, I'm going to leave that to you in a minute, Craig, but give us your um, give us your prediction for tomorrow. Um, I think we all know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Nick. I, I think it's going to be a 2-0 defeat. Um, I think with everything that's going on behind the scenes, I don't think Morris is happy because we haven't been able to get Brand in and a, a, a central defender. Um I, I just, I just think Orient are going to be too, too much for them. A lot of their wins, especially at home, have been one nils, two nils, and and they've had nil nils. But I can't see us getting any anything out out of it tomorrow. So um, yeah, yeah, two nil Orient. Come on in, Ben. I think the first half an hour is going to be massive. As I said earlier, I think Rich is going to go for the kill in the first 10, 15 minutes. If he gets those two goals in the first fifteen, we are looking possibly at a five six nil. Um, really could. However, if we can get through half an hour and start creating opportunities yourself, maybe even get the first goal, we could come away with a tool draw or something like that. Um, but yeah, if, if we did get that position, I can see us 2-1 up with 10 to go and then just leaking one at the end, which would be heartbreaking. But um, yeah, I, I think that first 20 minutes, half an hour are going to be huge. I think we're going to have to try and withstand an onslaught and then get into the game ourselves. So it says it all when even Ben's not too sure or too optimistic <laughs> about his answer. Um, Paddy's, uh, I've, I found Paddy's tweet. He's gone 3-2 to Orient and he thinks we're going to finish with 10 men, um, which wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. I think I think we should do a sweepstake each week over who might get sent off this week. Um, he can't get sent off from the stands. He's <laughs> yeah, even allowed in the ground. I don't even know if he's allowed in the ground with that. With that I'm sure Carl can get sent off. Some sat over in front of his TV. Carl can get yeah. sent off. <laughs> um, so I'm. Oh, I feel like I need to be the optimistic one. Um, this is position. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I have been optimistic all season. To be fair, um, I haven't predicted us losing that many times. I do kind of feel that we might edge it tomorrow. I don't know why. Something's telling me that all the odds are stacked against us. Um, and I think Swindon it's way. games like it's the games like that, right? That and um, please tell me if you think I'm wrong, Julian, that really the pressure is on Leighton Orient because they need to push away. So I think I'm gonna go with a two one. I don't think we're gonna keep a clean sheet. I, I think it's gonna be a two one or a three two. Um I'd, I'd still think that whilst we've still got Charlie Austin in there, there's still goals for us. If Wakelin's playing, there's still goals for us. Um, mm. And Hepburn Murphy, you know, they're, they're, we, we are going to score tomorrow. I just, I, um, it's whether we can keep less goals out the other end, which seems really simple in football, doesn't it? <laughs> but the, um, 
was really simple, but when you got Mad Gav playing centre back, you know happen. Um, Julian, um, obviously you're more than welcome to stay whilst we talk really more depressing stuff about Swindon at the moment. Um, you know, we, we feel like we're in that kind of <laughs> we feel like we're a bit like when when Scott when when Ben was criticising Scott Lindsay when he was still in the top six of the league. You know, it's kind of and now and now we're lower than that and uh, arguably He's got still shit. Goal. He's still shit. <laughs> but um, but uh, Julian, obviously, I'm, I'm going to assume you're going to probably shoot off. Yeah, I'm wrong. Um, I'm, I'm going to run away. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, guys. Listen, um, we want to do wish you, and sincerely, all, all the boys in the podcast and a lot of the fans want to wish you all the best, not for Saturday, but for thereafter. We hope you do. I think, Nick, your point, your analogy, I think you got it right. I actually looked at that myself for this morning, and I, and I see you can get there. I, I think there's going to be a bump. It's going to be like holding on to your pants to get there. But I think those 12 or so games it, to get to, to the playoffs... I think then Jody's then got a bit more of a rhythm. He understands the players better. And then, you, then, then as we all know, it, it's a lottery, isn't it, in the playoff? It's yeah. it's who can turn up on the day and, and do a good job. And it'd be fantastic. Well, it's Sorry. not a lottery if you're swimming and you get to Wembley. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, instantly, it's instantly not a lottery then. Yeah, um, it's like, like us, you know, you might as well go home before the kickoff. But yeah, no, guys, listen... Um, Enjoy your day when you come down and look, look after yourself on the trip down and, and, and do wish you all the best. And um, hopefully we'll be able to have a chat again next season because we'll be in the same 100%. league. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. so. Thanks, all the best, Cheers, mate. Julian. See you later. Cheers, Up See you guys. Lovely man. Great. And that was Joe from... I was trying to work out, I should have asked him really, do you reckon it is Low Down uh, Podcast or L-O Down Podcast? That it is, must be uh, Low Down. Lane or yeah, L-O. yeah. It makes sense to be Low Down, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but um, uh, yeah, that, that was great. Thanks, Julian, for, for coming on as well. Um, always good to have opposition fans and obviously ones that we've got good connections with as well in terms of um, opposition odds and that. It's um, odd hearing an opposition set of fans that actually like us because most teams hate us. <laughs> yeah, it's really well, weird. I, we really like saying for a while. I quite, I've always, I've always quite liked Orient. I don't know why. I've just always not it's had anything out. necessarily against them. You know, it's, it's, um, I think it's it helps down. I've had nothing against them. I've always quite liked them because I've kept an eye. I think it, I think it helps as well. Whenever we've gone down there and they've come to us, there's never been any trouble. No. So like they, yeah. they enjoy their away day. We enjoy our away day down there. So yeah. when one of our fans punched their keeper years ago, what was his name? Do you remember that? Was that late in Orient game? Was it? Was that, that Orion? Was that Orion? Oh. When, well, when the guy went on the pitch, smashed him. Yeah, it was I'm what's talented. his name? Belford's brother, Cameron. Oh right, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that was Orion. I thought that was Orion. I might be wrong. Uh, I'll have to look mm. it up later. The be- the best thing was when it was the Orient Express. It sent Oxford down. Yeah, yeah. That was just super. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why we've all got that deep, deep emotional <laughs> yeah. connection. With I, I was, I was, I was, I've got press cutting somewhere, knocking about my bit in the order. But uh, mm-hmm. I've got the forks and papers, and it's the day, it's like day of tears, and there's crying and everything. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, Sean, very active tonight as well. Um, I like them because I like my days out in London. Um, I, yeah, I, unfortunately, I'm not going tomorrow, but I do, you know, I think that was probably my eldest first away day i think um away day she couldn't drink is it allowed to be called an away day when you can't drink i don't know um but the um yeah that i, I do remember and that was anthony grant's debut and um 
I just think is that the three nil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, um, yeah, that was a stonking day, stonking yeah. performance. Absolutely brilliant atmosphere. atmosphere. Yeah, oh, that was, a, so that was that great probably the best away game I've been to for a long time. And yeah, we discussed okay. a while ago um, about kind of Orient's ground, and I, I feel like Orient's ground is kind of built for atmosphere in some yeah. ways because yeah. it is kind of. I know they've compact. got. Um, yeah, it's quite compact, and but I know yeah. they've got the kind of open end stand the other side, but uh, it's it's very compact and quite rounded. I seem to remember when we went down there, um, when again that grand debut where you know we were it was really kind of back to the eighties and nineties with people climbing up on the um, on the pillars and, and and stuff like that. It was you know it was a real good atmosphere, as Nick said. Um, kind of bringing back down the atmosphere a little bit. Um, Nick alluded to it earlier um, around. Um, Jody Messer, uh, Jody Messer, Jody Morris's presser. Um, I just, I, I listen to it because I don't always listen to the pressers myself. Um, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Depends if I could be bothered to sit through the 10 minute video. I did purposely listen to this one, and I know um, Nick said it about kind of building up the opposition. And I don't know if anybody else focused, and I'll come to maybe Ben first because I'm going to guess you've listened to it. Mm. Um, he, he did sound a bit downbeat. I feel I know he's he's not got he's not got the kind of rising tones in his voice, but he, he I felt that there was a little bit of downbeatness, especially around the brand situation. And he, things he's like very that. despondent because I think this was a week that he thought a lot of things might get going. He thought he might get his man, you know, his, his signing, which he thought was in and through the door. He said last week, "This is yeah, we've got one in, we should be all tied up." So to him, that was that was just. Um, it was it was a done deal for him. It, it was just a formality that would sign him. It's always been a formality that Brand will come, but now that's not coming. And um, yeah, and we're now not signed our experienced ex Premier League centre back now, and <laughs> that's not come. And now another player that could fill in a defensive role, Ian Dollo, is injured. Yet another one has got injured, and we're playing away at top of the league in a game that he really, really, really can't afford to lose. Never mind when. Um, yeah, so I think it's just like, I think himself, just he's thinking, I can't catch a sodding break. Just can't catch a break. When is something going to go our way? When are we going to get something good going to happen for us? Because obviously, he's been since he's been at Swindon, he's had players sent off. He's had FA finding out about players, getting sending them off, getting a five-match band, crucial midfielders. He's had injuries coming out of his ears. Just keep all important players in key positions. Just, just every week, just keeps happening. And nothing's gone his way yet. Nothing, Nothing's really, you know, he, he's not caught a break yet. So you can understand why he's frustrated. And interestingly, Ben, I'm going to um, mention there, because I, I, I promised myself I wasn't going to raise it. I seem to remember beginning of December, I think it was, I was saying we should we should judge Scott Lindsay when he's got his full squad back. Um, you were very reluctant at that point to say, no, he's just not good enough. He's got to go. Um, I'm not saying Jody Morris isn't good enough because we got to bear in mind he's just won back-to-back wins for the first time since mm. October. Um, but And I'm going to bring Craig in as, as well. And um, the reason I've kept Nigel's comment up there... Um, some of the frustration that's coming in his interview, and we'll talk about transfers properly in a minute, because obviously we us missing out on potentially Mariapa and things like that. Do you think do you think he's maybe um not getting what he might have been promised? Yeah, I I, I have a feeling it is. I've got nothing to, to judge that on, but I imagine the um the whole brand situation 
it's you know I, I know um rob angus has said that it's not an unusual um thing that and that it, it, he made it out as if it shouldn't be an issue and everything well clearly it is clearly it is an unusual move i know there has been chelsea have had form for it once before um let um loaning out one of their managers but there must be something our end because the, the time before where, where Chelsea loaned out one of their staff members, that all went through fine, no no problem at all. But it's just us where it seems to be an issue. It's just it's, us where it, it it just seems to be us when it's an issue signing a centre-back. It just seems to be us where it's an issue signing a centre-back that's on a free transfer. We don't even have to negotiate with a club. It seems to be us that it's an issue that it takes so long to make a managerial appointment twice. You know, it, it's, it's, it's absolutely ludicrous. So, and, and there's just one common factor there. I'm not, I, I don't, you know, we, we all know who I'm talking about and I don't want to <laughs> keep go, go, going on about it, but yeah, I, I, I can understand his frustrations. And I think the club had, had good intentions for him when he came in, but I think they made promises they couldn't keep and the brand situation it's definitely one of them. I, I said on Twitter, the club should have either have said, look, if you want Brand in, we'll either try and get him by pay, paying compensation. But if not, you're going to have to pick someone else. I genuinely think the club can't afford to or don't want to pay Chelsea the compensation for him. But Morris is insistent on having him. So they're coming, they're, they're sort of shooting themselves in the foot by doing this sort of halfway, sort of, you know, meeting halfway by getting him in on loan. But all right, he might be taking the training sessions, but he's not there in the dugout. Who's to Can say I... if he... Hold on, Ben. Yeah, who's, to say, who's to say if he wasn't in the dugout for those first three games that our results might have been different? You know, you know Woody and um, and, and Rich and, and Mark as well. You When you've got your assistants and stuff like that, you bounce off each other, don't you? And, and, and they're, they're a huge help to how you... Um, approach a game and, and manage and, and coach a game. So I, I think he's really missed Brand, and I, I think it might have been things might have worked out different had he been in there. And it could be an EFL problem. It could be Chelsea playing hardball. But with everything that's happened this season, with the incompetence of the recruitment and everything else that I've mentioned, I, I'm I'm leaning towards that it's the club that's fucked up on this. Um, Nick, why isn't it so simple? Why, 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 what is going wrong? What, it seems that a lot of shit is happening to us at the moment. <clears throat> I, I think the problem is that we, well, the reality is we don't actually know. And I just wonder, some of it is possibly down to brand. Mm. My guess is he's on a bloody good salary at Chelsea. Mm. Does he want to walk away from that to come to a League Two club, which hasn't got probably a great deal of security? Um, is he being offered enough, whether it's a medium or long-term contract, to say it's worthwhile moving? We don't really, we don't really know. So I, I don't think it's all down to Swindon. I 100% agree with Craig. We haven't got people with football experience in those vital jobs that you need to get things done. And, and, and that's a massive problem. And it, and it's been proved time and time again how long it's taken to get a manager in, stroke coach, how long it's taken to get players in or not get players in when they seem to be over the line. So there's a, his, there is a vast inexperience at the top level. 
And I, and I think that's the major problem with the club at the moment. But I, I, I do think some of it is poss- possibly down to brand not wanting to give that commitment. Um, obviously, yeah, if Morris... If that's the case, Nick, then, you know, and it could very possibly well be the case, surely he should be honest enough to Jody Morris, because I'm, I'm pretty sure they're pretty close, to say, look, this isn't going to work for me. And then, then we can focus on searching for someone else as an assistant manager, I, I'd have thought if because it's dragged on this this long, surely he he wants to come to the club. I mean, he's training, so I, I don't I, I I find it hard to believe that he doesn't want to come. Yeah, I, I, like like you say, I, I'm, I'm only really guessing on on why he's not coming because he could technically resign from Chelsea, hand his notice in, and come to Swindon. Um, I don't think there's anything stopping him doing that. If he's got a contract, you, you know, anybody can walk away from a current job and go somewhere else. There's nothing stopping him doing that. So to me, it's, it is about job security and, and his future. That That's the way I see it, rightly or wrongly. Um, yes, he if, if he's that close with Jody Morris, maybe we should be in the position now that Morris says, Brand isn't coming, that's it. Or the club says, look, let's draw a line under it for whatever reason, whether it's Swindon, whether it's Brand, whether it's just Chelsea being, well, we're the premiership club. You do what we what we tell you. You're a poxy division two side. We, you know, we want to keep this person and and you you can do one. Um, let's draw a line under it. And you know, it can't go on week after week after week. And either Jody Morris has got to say, Okay, I'm not getting him. We'll get somebody else in. S- simple as that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's well, it's so difficult, isn't it? To we're we're all guessing, speculating on on what the position is. But at the end of the day, the position is we we put ourselves in a really poor position because it hasn't been resolved, and we've had weeks and weeks and weeks to resolve it. But at the end of the day, the club should either say, either. You know, you want the job when you're coming. You don't want it. Goodbye. Because what other employer would hang it out for this long? Unless Jody Morris is saying, well, unless I get him, I'm not staying. I don't believe that will happen. Um, I think it was Nigel put up, thinks Morris will walk soon. I don't think he will. That would be very detrimental to him in his first senior coaching role at a football club to walk away after a number of weeks because it hasn't gone his way. You know, welcome to League Two, Jody. It ain't the Premiership. It's not, you know, super, super academy stars and, and facilities and all the other things that go with it. This is League Two reality football. Now, either you come on board with that or if it's that bad, say it now. And, and walk, don't mess about for another few weeks. I don't think he will walk. It would be very, to me, it'd be very detrimental to him to do that because in the future, what other clubs going to look at him saying he couldn't stick it out in League Two? What's he going to do in League One or in the Championship or in the Premiership? So I can see him being here at least to the end of this season, depending what happens with us, and then hopefully all being well building for next season. So I don't think it's all doom and gloom, but it is very, very, I guess the word is worrying on where we go from here. 
very very good points nick and i think um joe obviously you can mention about um uh the the presser and the other situation if if you like um but i've just flashed up a minute ago about no one wants to sign for swindon obviously we lost out on the tottenham lad for unknown paperwork issues um pen run out or whatever um the <laughs> latest news coming out we missed out on mariapa i think personally i think a really big disappointment um Ooh. you know because i believe he had been training with us as well Ooh. um and he had a change of heart i think is the the official line on it um yeah okay we're linked with um and i can't remember his surname i didn't know his first name um but brew it from somewhere in america um the what why why do you think what is the big story obviously we've spoken about brands not coming in why do you think we've just struggled to get these centre-backs in critical positions over the line? Do you think it could be a case of they know we're desperate, so they're asking for more money? Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. And at the end of the day, <clears throat> a player like Mariapa, he's perfect. He is exactly what we need. Mm. But he's 36 years old. He's looking for his final paychecks. So he's not going to come here and play for nothing. You know, he's going to be asking for a good bit of money. So... And yeah, what you said is exactly right. It's, we are desperate. We are completely desperate. We're up shit creek with a you know without a paddle. So um, yeah, it, it's purely down to finances, isn't it? It's got to be. Um, you know, can you play for this? You know, that the club might turn around to Adrian Marap and say, "Can you play for?" I don't know the numbers, but say two grand a week. Can you play for two grand a week to the end of the season? And initially he said, yeah, yeah, no problem. But then he's gone home to his wife and his wife said, well, you can't play for two grand a week because our mortgage is three grand. Or, you know, so. Look what Charlie's on. He's an ex-prem player. You should be on something similar. Well, is that, <laughs> they will be saying, you know, I should be matching Johnny Williams. I should be matching Charlie Austin, whatever, whoever, you know. And it is, it's purely down to finances. And, you know, everyone knows this. People don't sign for football clubs for football clubs anymore, do they? They sign for the money. So it's uh, it's a career, and that's fair enough. You know, we all do the same in our jobs, whatever jobs we're in, hit on on the screen here. So it is worrying that we can't seem to find a half decent one anywhere. There must be somebody that, oh, yeah. that could do a job for for a few months that's willing to play. But I think, to be honest, now I think I said last week, uh, I think it's too late anyway. I think they're going to need three, four games to get match fit. You're almost better off just muddling through now with what we've got and hope for a couple come back. And I'm not too sure to come to next on, on, on my next thing, whether it's Ben or Craig, um, depending on what, what kind of answer our audiences want. Um, through it, potentially in the building, former another former Youth England international, which seems to be the blueprint nowadays. Um, ben, how confident are you that we might actually get this one? And again, even if we did get him, it's not going to be available for tomorrow. That's another game gone. You know, we're talking about, yeah, OK, it's going to be a difficult game. But as Craig said, and I agree, it's a must-win game. Are we going to get him? Is it too late? What do you reckon? Well, I think I think one of the main reasons that Swindon have struggled of recently, I'm absolutely certain that we've hit some sort of financial threshold. Um, where we probably can't spend too much money we want. That would explain Ward. That would explain a lot of factors. May possibly brand that I think the issue with brand is something Neil Nick said, job security. He's had been at like Chelsea for like 15 years or so. So he doesn't throw all that away for six months at Swindon. Um, but anyway, yeah, going back to the, the centre-back, 
Um, I don't see a reason why not if they can arrange a package. I think this is a different than the Watford geezer who is looking to finish off his career. I think this lad's probably trying to reestablish himself in the English game. He's 26 years old. He has got games under his belt. Um, he's had football league experience under his belt with Morecambe. Um, he's obviously been training with us for a couple of weeks. So Morris, he's passed that Morris test. He obviously fancies him more than Mino um, because he won't give Mino a game. Um, so he's obviously got something about him. Um, so I, I think this player's quite hungry to play for Swindon. Whereas this Watford geezer can, you know, I'll go play somewhere else for that play for Swindon. You know, so I, I don't think he's that bothered. He may have got a better deal somewhere else and said, come back to Swindon, because well, he just offered me a better deal. Can you match it? Swindon have gone, no, we can't. So he's gone like, ta-da. So we don't know what's happened. So um, let's hope he has. I think Swindon wanted more than one in. Whether we get more than one in, I don't know. And and Craig, I'm going to bring you in at this, uh, just for your reaction there. I knew this would be a good comment for you to to, to come back on. Um, those listening, Greg Lovelock, um, it seems the club has put its eggs all in one basket and we are now suffering. Um, I'm interested to know your thoughts on this one, obviously because we know that Charlie Austin was a Clem signing, not a Dean McKayley signing or a Les Caffrey signing or whatever, but surely we've got these players training with us. Um, we we must know their kind of minimum wage demands, medium wage demands. You know, they're not going to... I get what the guys were saying when... Um, you know, they might increase it by a couple of grand or whatever, but we can't be that close to our wage budget, surely. Not when we've got I players think, that have gone out the door. It wouldn't surprise me if we were, Woody, because of how tight the club's being. You know, you, you only look at the, the, the decisions that are being made with the um, with the voluntary thing this, this week. That's, that's yeah. just money saving. I don't care what anyone else says about that, you know, it's, you know, it's good to give people work experience and stuff like that. You know, offer it as an apprenticeship then. You don't have to pay too much as an apprenticeship. Um, I'm going off on a tangent, but that's the main reason why I've, I think we are close to it. it. That's not the first time there's been multiple instances where the club have been pe penny pinching um, this season. And the Watford guy, I mean, Joe's right. It is down to money, but what did the club expect him to be on? You know, this is an ex-premiership player. He wasn't going to come in cheap especially at the age of 36 he's not going to come in for a grand a week is he so i don't know you can almost what... guarantee he had an agent as well yeah so yeah exactly communicating realistically so i think it goes back to what we're saying about not having people with football brains run um, running the football sides um behind the scenes um this other player who's coming in fuck him i think he's a cunt to be honest so you know he's um you know, with what his article that, that he put out about where he deliberately injured a fellow player uh, on his own team so that he could get started for, for Liverpool. And this is recently, this has come out and he's shown no remorse for it whatsoever. You know, he could have, you know, he, you know that, that I think that's just an awful thing to do. That, that is Joey Barton level scum, scumbag ness if that's if that's the right um sort of verb for it so to be honest i'd rather we just we just patch it up and just m muddy along like, like we have done already rather than have someone like that at the club if that's his attitude and we've had disciplinary issues plenty this season i don't want someone like that playing for the team because he's not going to play for the team is he he's going to play for himself if he's that fucking yeah. selfish don't want him anywhere near the club He's not going to be the difference between us going up this season. So, no, f fuck him. He can go. 
and and Nick, um, bring you in there because Craig makes a good point over the history, and I have to admit, I saw the article and I didn't actually relate it to him. Um, but now I've I've heard it. Obviously, being a coach myself, I couldn't think of anything worse in terms of team ethos and things like that. Um, now I'm not shining a positive light on it, but a bit of a dark edge of a character. We've ha- we've had plenty of them in the past. Um, the if you if you kind of go back kind of 15 actually 15 is way too short but if we go back kind of 30 years in some way some would say that's almost the norm not purposely injuring but kind of kind of mentally scarring people to to not want to play what what are your thoughts if we end up signing this 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 guy from from Hartford or wherever it is he's from yeah I, I, I'm not a million miles away from from what Craig has said um yeah, we do want players with a, you know, with a bit of bite in them, and and but to say you deliberately injured one of your own players in training, just because you will get ahead in the pecking order to get a place in that team, you know, it's all well and good. You you put everything on the line to prove you're the better player and the better person to be in that side. Um, you know, it, it's a difference. You know, we've seen it, like you say. 20 to 30 years ago, you know, the, the, the likes of Graham Soonis in in the like of the, the old Leeds team. I mean, they, they in Chelsea teams, they would kick the hell out of the opposition players, which was how it was back in the day. But I and I know we, we hear stories and we had it from Danny Wilson that there are fights on the training ground because players players are so passionate about what they should be doing and how much effort they should be putting in. But I think there's a difference with having that level of commitment and drive to better yourself and the team and to deliberately go out to nobble one of your own players to get where you want to be. I I think that's crossing a line. Um, So, you know, at the end of the day, he should have just kept his trap shut and said nothing simple as that he's been stupid by saying that and that will target him if he if he does come into the side you know other players in league two will know of that so what are they going to do they're going to be niggling they're going to be kicking they're going to be tapping his ankles everybody calling him all the shits under the sun oh you kick your own players do you and and they're going to be rolling them out all the way through the game so he, he's made a rod for his own back i'm afraid and yeah, I, I, you know, in, on reflection, I probably agree with Craig. If that's the type of personalities that we have at the club, to me, that's probably a backward step. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, yeah. On. So that's that's signings and lack of signings. Um. I'm going to give you guys a chance now. Obviously, we've seen today the latest of, um, I guess, EFL fixtures coming out on Sky. Uh, I think this was almost like a fifey request that I get this debate open today. Um, so I, I think we all know that there's a lack of, um, you know, League Two games being played on Sky Television. Um, probably not helped as well with BT being involved so much with the National League now. So there's National League teams uh, getting getting coverage. Um, I'm I'm very much mixed on this. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest, and that's probably why I didn't join in the argument earlier because my general feel is is that the TV money generated in league games isn't that massive anyway because there is a there is a general um, 
split down the EFL for TV because it's covered under the highlights package. My my general thoughts are, and just something I would, you know, please disagree with me if you feel feel so. But my general thoughts are, if we're um, if we're putting a game on television, especially if it's a Leighton Orient or uh, not not so Leighton Orient, sorry, somewhere where we haven't sold out tickets, um, that's potentially pulling people away from the ground, is it not? Do we not want people at this level, bearing in mind the level that we play at? where we do rely on ticket sales, the club are telling us constantly they need season ticket people in. Do we think we're maybe, um, I can't think of the word, but maybe setting ourselves up for failure by almost demanding that we we were on telly a lot more? Um, I'm going to come to, let's go Ben first on, on that one. Uh, the TV deal. Um, yeah, I, I think it's straightforward enough. Uh, straightforward as like, there's not that many people interested in League Two football who aren't a League Two fan. We're League One and League Two, if you're a Premier League or Championship fan, it's just considered lower leagues and partially non-league anyway, and they won't give us the time of day. I think that's just the cold matter of it. It's just they'd rather watch Coronation Street than Morecambe versus uh, Cheltenham. Um, it's sort of horrible to say. Um, BT have got a, a niche in the non-league stuff, um, and I think you will get lower league fans watching non-league football. Um, though um, I think there's snobbery going on between the championship. They, they won't consider it proper football. They don't. <laughs> they, you know, and what's the swing if you're a Newcastle fan? You know, they don't give a shit. I think it's important to note that BT as well were really clever a few years ago when they decided to show this because um, at that time when they first announced they were showing National League games, they also made BT free to any non-league football clubs. Um, you know, so that was a big, you know, for me, that was a big move. You know, I remember when I was at Avondon United and we were able to watch BT, anything on BT. So you get the Champions League in, in some cases, you know, that's putting money behind the bars. So you're instantly getting the buy-in from non-league cup. Um, Joe, what, what are your thoughts on it? Obviously, I know you, you know, obviously we, we've talked about non-league. You and I are both fans of the non-league structure. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, League Two? Do we really need to be on TV more? Um, I think if you watch the majority of League Two games, you wouldn't want to watch it on telly anyway. To be brutally honest, I think I think League One, the the games they're showing in League One from the top end of League One are going to be far, far, far superior to anything you'll see in League Two. Mm. And even now, even now, to be honest, top end of the of top end of the Vanarama is arguably better than most of League Two. So, um. Yes, it's it's a bit of everything, and as you know, Ben said. Unfortunately, there is a snobbery now in football with the big with the big clubs, top clubs. They don't care about the lower league clubs, and it's as simple as that. Um, and I think it's I personally I, I agree with you as well, Woody. That it's more important for these clubs to have people in the stadiums, you know, buy and buying beer, buying pies, buying shirts, buying programs, buying whatever, instead of paying for a Sky subscription and watching it at home. Uh, Craig, what, what are your thoughts on, on, on the situation? I think, personally, I don't think that if, you know, because you're not going to have a, a huge increase in League Two games, even if you do get a TV deal. So I don't think it would take that much revenue from the club. The, the, the clubs who would be affected the most would be the smaller clubs, 
who rely more on away fans traveling for their um, for when they're selling food and drink and, and stuff like that. This is something that Andy Holt at Accrington's been adamant about because we, we know that streaming's going to come in with EFL and iFollow, and he's not a big fan of it because when you know if you've got less away fans coming in to your ground, which Accrington Stanley rely on as a smaller club with a small fan base, if people are staying at home to watch it. He, they, they don't get that money. So it's, 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 it, is a, it is a big thing for the smaller clubs. And I'm not being all big because it's Swindon and, and stuff like that, that it wouldn't affect us as much. But that's the that's the reality of it. Um, but we have to remember as well, this, this isn't just Sky. This is down to the EFL. The EFL is member-led and the Championship have a higher um, weight for their votes, I think, than Leagues 1 and Leagues 2, which is why distribution is as it is. Leagues 1 and 2 get 20 matches a season. And my biggest um, the, my biggest problem with Sky is for the few games that they do pick for League 2, they pick fucking Salford. Now, I'm sorry, Salford yeah. struggled to get 2,000 a fucking week. Nobody wants to watch them cunts, right? Yeah. And um, I, I'm sorry, that's the second time I've said that tonight, and I haven't even bloody been drinking it's but, Man United um, fans. It's basically set up yeah, Man that's, that's that's what it is. And and you know, like um, next season, if Wrexham go up, which they probably will, it's going to be Wrexham that's going to be every single one. So that's that's what pisses me off. The few games that they do, you know, they they don't seem to fit. They they just look at it and think, oh yeah, on paper we'll we'll get. That's that's my issue with with Scott yeah. with Sky. But again, <laughs> nothing. Nothing will change because this is the deal that the the EFL agreed with Sky in the first in the first place, and the EFL is membered as in it's the owners, the chairmans, the CEOs that vote this, and they're always going to vote for more money, uh, for, not for more money, for more games to be shown in the Championship and League One. And to be honest, if you are a neutral fan, you're more likely to want to watch League One because, like I think Joe was saying, you've got the bigger teams up there. You've got Derby, you've got Sheffield Wednesday, you've got Portsmouth, you've got teams that are historically in the Premiership and have got big fan bases and we'll we'll watch it. Um, unfortunately, that's just the way we are in League Two, which is another reason why we need to get out of this shitty league. Mm. And and Nick, on, on that, um, Craig, you know, kind of mentioned it already around the bigger clubs in League One. I mean, I seem to remember kind of Years ago, League One not really having that many strong teams in it, but now you've got your Sunderlands, your Ipswiches, and all of that that have graced that league, and um, Sheffield Wednesdays, and all of the different things. Um, do you realistically think that that is the main reason why there's a waiting towards those teams? You know, when was the last time we saw Oxford United on the telly? I, I remember when, oh. to be honest. Um, <laughs> Woody, don't mention them. Christ. Oh, sorry. Um, to be honest, I, I think if I'm not mistaken the last two live games from league two were nil nil board draws so that didn't do us any favors um i can understand why they don't put league two games on um if i was in charge of tv companies i wouldn't put league one games on the best league to me the most competitive league is the championship and that's to be honest, most of the games I've started watching, I've been so bored by halftime that I've switched off and watched something else and put a, a Netflix uh, film on. Um, to me, the championship is better than the premiership because most of the premiership is pretty crap. So TV football, to me, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not that interested in. Um, and actually, I was 
chatting tonight saying I'm probably going to ditch my Sky Sports subscription because it's a waste of time because what premiership games you see are pretty rubbish. They've got no European football on there to speak of. So, yeah, I can't see the point of putting League Two games on. No, Nobody's interested. The, the only people that will be interested is, like you say, the, the, the fans that can't get to the game that, that follow their team from afar. So you can forget about League Two being on the TV. And to me, you can forget about League One being on the TV because it's a way, to me, it's a waste of time. Say, the, the only decent games I've seen probably this season is Championship. The rest of it, Premiership and League One and League Two is a waste of time watching it on the TV. Well, Nick, if there wasn't anything that's going to make me think about my Virgin Media subscription more, other than the £21.50 per month rise in, in my monthly cost, you might have just justified that for me, as I've just looked back and gone, what actual games have I watched on Sky Sports this season? Yeah, it, and, it, and it, it isn't many. Exactly. Isn't yeah. Many. <laughs> yeah, and I say I've started watching, I, I don't know what game it was on the other day, I think it was with Leeds. So like, like I watched the first half and I thought, oh, this is so shit stopped watching it and went on to you know went on to Netflix so to me TV football is a waste of time so you can you can forget it and I, and I think all these companies are going to suddenly find out that a lot of people are saying I'm wasting my money here so time you know time will tell um, there's nothing like being at the ground and, and I'm sure whatever happens Saturday we're going to have a great day out or in it's going to be a cracking game cracking atmosphere nothing beats that so uh, get to a live game, anybody, forget your TV football. Yeah, and I'm sure Joe would join me in the, um, you know, I'm a big person. If, you know, Swindon at home and I couldn't get a Leighton Orient ticket, if I didn't have plans tomorrow, I'd be hitting one of the local one of the local teams probably because they're the ones that, that really need the money. Um, talking of local football, I, I didn't have a chance beforehand to see if anybody else had anything else to discuss. We'll come to Craig for if there's anything else on Twitter in a minute. Um, one thing I did notice just before we came on, um, probably Joe, obviously, I know your connection to Wanted isn't there anymore, but um, did I see that Tank has uh, gone on loan to um, to Wanted or work experience loan? I don't know if that's the, the terminology they're, they're using to pull away from the um, from the professional side. Yeah, they uh, they they had him. Well, they had him and, and Tom Wynn Davis for a month or so um, before, and I think they. Uh, by by from the noises I've heard, uh, Swindon actually quite quite highly rate uh, Cheyenne Tank, so they want him to go out. You know, he's just turned eighteen, or just about to turn eighteen, one or the other. Um, you know, they wanted to go out and play men's football as early as possible because they they actually seem to highly quite highly rate him. So um, seems like seems like he might be getting a pro contract for next season. So they want to go out and, and test him. You know, in in the big boys football, if you like, and. You know, I've been down to Wantage a couple of times. Obviously, like I said, my 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 links left the club now at Wantage, but I've been down there two or three times this season, and that is that's some serious football down there. That's the uh, that's that's big boy stuff. There's no messing around there. Um, you know, and he's he's a big lad, but he's going to have to bulk up. But he's 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 definitely he's probably six three, six four. He's a, he's a big tall lad. So um, yeah, but that doing some good. Hopefully, he had some balls and kick some balls and put stuff in the, you know, put stuff out in the car park and get some big tackles in and just experience some, some men's football and hopefully gets a loan then to a higher level for, for next season. Yeah. It does seem that we're, we're, we're using the, 
I guess the, I know obviously the Hellenic brought in a new rule around professional players. Um, Hellenic is a physical league. It, it does seem that maybe we are utilising that a bit more than um, than I would have definitely expected, given you know we've got Chippenham from uh, was it National South. It's been a supermarine as well. Hungerford. We've got teams that are above that, but we we're going go out to Wantage kind of kind of on loan. Um, you know, go to you know. I saw. I know he's not our player anymore, but I think it's Tommy Aldridge is a, is at Bassett and and things like that. It feels like Hellenic is somewhere where they're really learning their trade a little bit in terms of especially the physical side of the game. Um, Craig, have we got anything coming through on on Twitter? No, not really. Uh, just one comment from from Paddy. Um, um, respect to Julian, a proper good guest tonight. So yeah, yeah that's good, lad. good, man. good and, man. And and yeah, I fully agree with that. Yeah, uh, Julian was top value for uh, for tonight, and yeah, another good guest. And yeah, like like you were saying earlier, Woody. You know, it's it's good when we have good guests like Julian and Sai and you know and people like that on. So yeah. Yeah, if any anyone, you know, for any other opposition that we got for the rest of the season want to come on, you know, 100%. more than welcome to. Speaking of Cy, commiserations um, to Cy, <laughs> our Colchester United oh, fan, after uh, them, them announcing Garner this week. Um, um, guys, before I move on to uh, the women's preview, um, what um, have you got anything else? Anybody got anything else that I might have missed or that you wanted to mention? the audio that's a load of shaking heads i've got uh, on there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the um yep so swindon town women obviously this weekend full fixture list uh for them um whilst we're not um making any signings in the men's team um i know it's just before uh, i came on but um the women's have signed mia mugford uh or my mia mia yeah it is mia um, I remember Mia from a young age, a fantastic signing uh, for, for James Lally's side. Um, they have got St. Austell this this weekend um, away, a nice, nice long trip down down to the down to the country with no internet. Um, and it's definitely going to be an interesting tie for them. Obviously, St. Austell came up through well, what is Bassett's league? Um, you know, and it, they've they've definitely had a hard go of it this season. Swindon looking to bank bounce back after um the loss to Larkle last week, which was which was quite a shock. Um, but yeah, so obviously all the best to to all the girls there as well, and James and and team. Um, development team, I think, have got Canesham and the under 18s are at home to Summertown. So um, best of luck to for a full fixture um, list for the um Town women this weekend. Um, before we head off, uh, obviously Mike. Is, is backing up my thoughts on Mia there. Um, for those who don't know, Mia did actually go out to the States and performed very well in the States as well in terms of uh, where she's been. So, um, oh, there we go. Look, I, I, that I did know, actually. I, um, they are actually staying overnight now, which um, you wonder. I don't know if that's been paid by the club. Um, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. But hopefully if it is, it's a good a sign of good things to come, you know, because obviously we know the lads would have probably gone up today or last night. Um, to, to Salford, um, but yeah, lads. Uh, if there is nothing else, obviously we've done our predictions for Leighton Orient already. We all predict that we're going to win. <laughs> um, I, was just, I was just wondering if you were putting a front on for Julian earlier. Um, but Craig, Ben, Nick, Joe, thank you very much. Julian, thank you for earlier as well. You won't be watching now, but I'm sure 
um, we'll part. You'll you'll get this message somewhere or another. Um, five feet will hopefully be back on Monday. I believe he's off next Friday as well. Um, part I think time, start, but yeah. it's a manual leave for him. Part time. And uh, well done, Woody. Well done tonight. Yeah, cheers, Woody. Woody. Well done, mate. Woody. I've got over the audio issues. And um, if you're travelling down tomorrow, have a great time. I'm not going to pretend I'm jealous because I I am actually really jealous that you're coming yeah. down. Safe, <laughs> great way, safe journeys. Great way. Enjoy great. the atmosphere especially those guys who are coming uh, from us. Um, sorry, I've just got a laugh at that comment posted by Sha- uh, San- uh, Sean there. Glad Sandro don't get involvement <laughs> in women's signings. Um, he definitely wouldn't be signing um, good players, would he? Um, so, yeah, thank you very much, guys. Enjoy the game tomorrow, town fans. I'm just delaying because I'm trying to find the title slides. Um, thank you, everybody, and good night. Up the swing. Sure, boys.